Hello, this is Les Goldberg, and welcome to The Road Ahead. The Road Ahead podcast is dedicated to the future of the live events business, bringing together industry experts. Hello, and welcome to The Road Ahead podcast. Today's topic is the secret to a great tour design. I have three amazing guests, Rob Gibson from So Midwest. Butch Allen from Blame Funnel Creative, and Kyle Keegan from Voyager Pro US. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us, Les. Yeah, yeah thank you. Well, I'm glad you all are here. I'm going to throw this right to Butch. Uh, the first question I have to that secret to a great tour design is, first, I want to know, how did you get in this touring industry? How did you find yourself doing this business? And maybe you could share that, that story with us. Um, I was in college for theater design. And as you do, we worked on all the concerts that came through. And uh, there was a show that came into my school and one of the lighting guys inadvertently hurt himself during load-in. And I decided I'd had enough college and became a lighting guy and went on tour. Well, that sounds like a perfect method. Someone gets hurt and the next thing you know, they find the next able-bodied person and it probably changed your life. Uh, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm some kind of, you know, I mean, roadkill still plays a huge role in my life. So I, I got it. Let me throw this to Rob. Rob, how did you get in this business and, and start? Well, Les, I was supposed to end up, uh, on the stage in the spotlight with my guitar. And, um, this was in the tail end of like the glam rock era. And I figured to, we weren't very good at making music, so we needed to make our show better. So we were um, breaking into a junkyard stealing headlamps and we were trying to figure out how to make our own light show. And when we stole enough headlamps because they're 12 volts and they keep sort of exploding when you just plug them in in your mom's basement, um, I got caught stealing them and we had to do community service. And in a weird kind of circle whirlwind way of events, the community service ended up at a small theater and so I was like picking milk duds out of the vents one day, painting some door frames. And I saw some guys on stage plugging their car headlights in and they weren't blowing up. So I kind of moseyed over there with my 12 year old big man voice and said, Hey, how come when you plug those in, they don't blow up. And they explained to me a series circuit and the sort of math just kind of clicked in my head and it really intrigued me. And they allowed me, if I kept working there for free past the community service hours, to be involved with all the tech in the theater. And I just got bit by the bug and ended up on the back end of the spotlight. That's awesome. So, so playing an instrument makes you a better designer. Uh, I don't know if it makes you a better designer. It certainly helps to not have timing of tennis shoes in the dryer, though. For sure. Okay. Well, Kyle, how did you get in this business and how did you start? Yeah, I started in, uh, well, let's see, even before middle school and elementary, there was like, you know, a few fresh old uh, Altman Fresnels hanging up above uh, the stage while we were singing choruses in, in, you know, the third, fourth grade. And I, rather than singing, I did not want anything to do with being on a stage. I want to be everything to do with how to get off the stage. So, um, yeah, I got interested in how to work a 12 channel, uh, little board they had there. And from there I moved to middle school and in my middle school, I was fortunate enough to, um, the, it was connected to the high school with a really, um, awesome program in the theater arts. And we had a great director in the high school. So I started asking questions and working my way in the door there. And, um, yeah, next thing you know, I was working with all these older high schoolers that were teaching me the ropes of, you know, how to, how to bench focus an Altman 360Q. And that was like the, the start of everything really from there. 
and uh, it was kind of my playground for a good portion of my, my young career, I guess you'd say, doing a lot of the musicals and, and uh, whatever there was that to, outside of the music that we could do. And uh, really being into the music, I was, you know, kind of knew it was like a passion from there and uh, went to school in DePaul in Chicago and it all just kind of flourished from there. You know, the very first thing I learned in our industry when I was very young, I think I was 13, was to be able to flip the light, the circuit breakers. On a, <laughs> and I could change the stage from blue to red to green based on which circuit breaker I threw. So, so you know, that, that you know, who, who says you can't learn when you're young? Yeah. Exactly. Okay, well, let, let's get into this tour design business. And I'm going to throw this back to Butch. Butch, when we talk about doing a design and when you get a request from an artist for a design, how does your creative process work? You know, how does your mind work and how do you approach, you know, that request? And, and how would you go down this path with us? Uh, I spend a lot of time at the beginning listening because my uh, client obviously has something they want to communicate. And there's a lot of discussion up front and exchanging just the pictures and a lot of emails back and forth and conversations and meetings until we figure out what the direction is that they'd like to take. And then from there, we get into exchanging drawings. I mean, it's, it's not a, um, it's not some magical unicorn of a process. It's just a matter of, uh, um, just, uh, talking and listening. Talking and listening. And Rob, would you add anything to the talking and listening process for you when you kind of try and think about a design and you first interface with an artist and maybe it's someone you just met? Yeah. Well, you know, we're trying to always figure out, like Butch said, what the communication, like what they're trying to get across, right? And we're trying to figure out like a unique way to deliver that or more and more a cohesive way from all of the visual elements. So, you know, we're, we're listening a lot to what they're trying to do, but also trying to understand what all the elements are at play, like what toys, you know, we can use to play with. Got it. And, and Kyle, in, in your experience, based on what they've responded, you know, that first thing, working with an artist, do you do any homework on that artist before you meet them and talk to them? Or do you listen to their music? Or how do you go about it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, if somebody comes to me and says they want to, you know, approach a design certain way. The first thing I would look, like to do is always definitely have a, an idea of what I'm walking into as far as music goes. Look at some of their, you know, these days it's nice because you can do so much research online as far as their social media goes, look at their, you know, what their branding looks like, just to get a quick idea of what, what, um, where their mind's at, even through that outlet, um, which I feel a lot of people like to tie all those elements together. So it's a good start. Um, outside of that, you know, it just kind of look, take a step back, like you said, listening to what, you know, who's involved, what creatives are involved, because a lot of artists come with a different package of people. It could be, you know, a great creative director who has an extreme vision on the whole process, or it could be an artist with a hand napkin drawing and they have some really bland idea and you have to really fill in the blanks. So kind of just goes from there. Yeah. One more, one more thing, Les, sorry, and I'm sorry to interrupt, Kyle. Uh, I always get everybody's budget. Yeah. <laughs> what is it got? Well, how much do you're looking to, what, what kind of house are you building? Are you building a, a small condo or are you building a? Yeah. Scale, scale of the venue is, is a bit like venues going into the spaces you're going to have to fit into. And that also has a big thing, you know, truck spaces, how many trucks, how, what's the labor on this tour? What, you know, there's a lot of there. Absolutely. I agree. I agree a hundred percent there. <laughs> 
So, so it sounds like size and scale is a very first important conversation to understand whether you're building a small house, a big mansion, or something in between. Um, so, so as you all have done this for many years and you're seasoned professionals, and we've worked with all of you, uh, I want to know, and I'm throwing this to Butch, what have you maybe learned from when you started doing this that you know was something that made you more successful having gone through the process, whether it was a mistake or something that you've learned early on that has perfected you to be you know the rock star you are today? Uh, well, thanks. That's that's super friggin' generous, but I am no nobody's rock star. Let me tell you, tough guy. But well, that makes me uh, the tough guy. You, okay, I'll be the tough guy. What I do want to say is uh, I've made every mistake and mistakes are part of the process. Uh, it's really how you um, accept responsibility for your actions, lead your team to fix that uh, challenge you've created for yourself, and, uh, and move forward positively and not freak out. You know, it takes a long time just to become uh, calm. Calm. I'll take it. Yeah. I'm going to say calm. So, so Rob, I, I'm going to ask that question. I'm going to add a little something onto that question as far as things that you've learned from the early days of when you've done this. Also, is how important is it the relationship with the artist? So, first question part was like, what have you learned from the beginning? And the second part is, you know, flip that to, you know, how important it is you, you're working with an artist and, and, and that relationship you have to develop. Right. Well, luckily, sometimes the mistakes, you know, sort of become, you find art in the mistakes, or sometimes things work out in a way that you didn't intend at all. And you have to do a great job of selling that that was exactly what you intended to do. Um, the relationship with the artist, I'll say, you know, for us personally, if, if there is a relationship with the artist, I always find that the project you know, seems better. And I don't know if that's just because we like it more, right? Because we're doing it with people that we like and we have a good relationship. I mean, I think everybody here has probably done projects where you almost have very little interaction with the artists and it's management or handlers or, you know, creative directors, or you're just a, a cog in the wheel. Or we've done projects where, you know, you're every cog on the whole gear. Um, so, you know, I personally like when when people are communicative and expressing how they feel about the project, uh, you know, obviously our takeaway is, is greater, but we're sort of capable of kind of, you know, to do this job, to do this, to have this career, you sort of have to be flexible to do all kinds, all of the projects from little interaction to, you know, being best friends and texting every day. So Kyle, what are your thoughts on things you've learned early on and, and, and maybe whether there is or isn't a relationship with the artists and it makes a difference? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, I, I can definitely relate to all of those things just previously said. And um, I, I think you, you really take a lot away from the experience you have in this industry. Let, you know, not a lot, there's not a whole lot telling you the right or wrong way to do things. There's a lot of um, you can experiment with and learn from and take away from. I've definitely made some of those mistakes, whether they were big or small. Um, you know, sometimes we've put, uh, let's just say, for example, we've put together stages for festivals and they have to go on and off. This, this thing has to roll on and off the stage and a changeover in less than an hour or maybe even 30 minutes. And if that, if that our bit, heads are too big there, we learn from those mistakes and, and move on to the next one, how to make it better. And, you know, you just take a lot from a little, the little things and grow into over the years, how to make things more successful for everybody involved. Um, 
yeah. All right. So this question's to Butch. And Butch, this question is, where do you draw your inspiration as a creative designer who has to listen and interpret what the message or the, the theme, whatever the artist wants, where do you find inspiration? If you're talking just specifically about a music project, it always comes right from the root of the music. Um, and, and I think that's kind of, it all starts with the, whether, you know, like a play comes from the script. And uh, a musical comes from the libretto. Uh, a concert tour comes directly from the creation. Then from there, where we draw different inspirations, there, there's so many things. And that's where it goes back to your last question with a uh, relationship with the artist, communication. Um, because then maybe an artist comes to you and just goes, I love the Rococo period. And so then you deep dive into it and figure out how to bring all those elements together, references an artist, or sometimes people reference other shows, which are the hardest roots to work from. Got it. So Kyle, where do you get your inspiration from? Um, yeah, I would say, you know, I always like the, one of the first questions in this was um, about, you know, do we listen to the music right away? I think absolutely. Like you said, I think the root of the, of um, the creation is going to come from the music, from the artist, um, what they created. And then from there, it kind of depends, you know, sometimes we're working in out, even outside of the lighting design to production and staging design. So I look a lot into architecture. Um, it could be just walking through a city, walking through different cities around the world. Um, I even sometimes some, and this might be more coming through, you know, my inspiration and out of my own, uh, inspiration, but, or aspirations, but walking through the, even just like going for a walk through the forest sometimes and the right lighting and seeing something that might spark some interest of, you know, it goes for, for me, it kind of, I like to take it from all different angles, um, whether it's an architecture in the city to the backwoods traveling, hiking up a hill, um, to even, you know, other shows, like you said, it's always hard to find, you know, get artists away from looking at other shows because you want to create something that's unique and individual. And sometimes a lot of people will just send you pictures of here. Well, this show did this and that show did this. And then it becomes a graveyard of, of what other people have already done. And that's, you try to steer away from that, but yeah, I like to take inspiration from many, many places. Got it. So, so Rob, the same question to you, but I'm going to add another question. So everyone says you have to listen to the music. So first, where do you find your inspiration? And then the follow-up question for you is, do you always like the music? Is there ever a time when you're listening to the music and you're like, oh, I got a design for that. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I typically try to go back 20 years and look at what Butch Allen was doing and then draw. See, Butch, that makes that. you famous. <laughs> I told you you're a rock star. That makes the old blast. It makes right. me everyone's grandpa. You are seasoned like fine wine. No, you know, I, there's so much inspiration in, in, in so many different things, you know, and lately it's been looking at, you know, the world of motion graphics and, and drawing, you know, from shapes and structures and things that can't be done in reality with like truss and welding and, and then trying to figure out like how to, you know, make a composition of things that appear unique and cool, but like, you know, figuring it out with stuff that you have sitting on your shelf in your warehouse less like trying to, to, to use things in a unique way or a unique placement and just looking at, all of the influences around us, you know, like Kyle said, walking through nature, walking through architecture, walking through, you know, I don't know, 
the the cast the 2700 degree cast that the microwave bulb puts on my main cuisine <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know yeah. that that there are some unique, inspiring <laughs> factors for you, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so moving on. Now, I'm going to ask this to all three of you. Do you any of you have signatures that you always put in a show, or you know, or like uh, they say, like an architectural style? You know, if you were a special architect and uh, Lloyd Wright, he had a style. So I'm going to throw this to Kyle. Do you have anything that is typically in we would see in every one of your shows? That's just kind of the the Kyle footprint. <laughs> yeah, I'd say um, probably mostly through the programming. It's, I think that's where we where we pull a lot of the same styles throughout or not the same styles, but you know, we pull a lot of the same tricks of the trade through like what I like to express um, and get out of a design that we create is usually comes out through the programming and, and programming the music and getting into the details, the fine nitty gritty of that. Um, that's where we really, I think everything really comes to, to full circle with the design. Um, and yeah, that's, I can expand on that quite a bit, but that's for me, definitely a, a staple of what we like to do and, and pull pull out of all, all the shows we do. Got it. Butch, I would like to throw that question to you. The same question. Is there a hidden signature that's got like a hidden B somewhere and Butch was here and, and, and it's based on how you approach design? Yeah, it's truck nuts. There's truck nuts hanging in every show somewhere. Truck. What is a truck nut? Oh, next time you're uh, following a pickup truck through Orlando, Look for the animal testicles hanging from the <laughs> hitch. Oh my goodness! Okay, now I, I've learned a new thing today. No, there's there's no uh, signature style. Everything tries to be as individual in a, uh, you know, I mean, there, nothing nothing's actually original. Everything's kind of in its own way derivative. But uh, you know, just try to push as hard as we can every moment we have in production to. Uh, make something unique and distinctive and hopefully people can look at one thing and then look at another show and not even realize that I had anything to do with either of them, including quite a few people that I work with like to feel that way about it too. Got it. Okay. Rob, uh, do you have any signature things that you put into your shows that say Rob Gibson was here? Uh, key light. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, you know, we, <laughs> so I, unique, a key push, light. Yeah, like pointing some of the lights at the stage. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, we we tried, like Butch said, to be individual and make things grow as they, you know, for each project. But the thing that is cool about our industry is that we're consistently collaborating with a lot of different other artists and like their flair gets put into it. But if I had to like, hone in on your question you know we've been doing this thing where it's i've become adept at explaining to production managers that yes i know the video is not blow through and yes we would like to put a system of lighting way in the back we've been doing this kind of like drop shadow rig illumination thing on the last three or four designs of the last four years or so and you know that's kind of becoming a little weird staple thing that we've been doing uh we did it with train 2019 last year gotcha. and yeah that was a beautiful tour, by the way. Train 2019. Beautiful show, Rob. <laughs> beautiful show. We Thank very you. much enjoyed doing that with you. Okay, so, so Butch, what is a crazy request that an artist has given you that you had to figure out or accomplish? Just something so absolutely off the wall. This, this doesn't sound that off the wall, but the way it was put to us was, and it was, what do you mean? I just want to fly through the arena. 
<laughs> that doesn't sound unusual to me. Just a little bit of rigging motors, a little bit of uh, suspension, maybe uh, some safety cables. What what else? Um, well, I mean, you just you look at something simple like that. First off, it's prefaced by the word "just," which is a horrible word to hear when you're in a conversation. And at the table, you see the tour manager, production manager, artist manager, accountant all crinkle up into balls and start to quiver. <laughs> uh, because, you know, it, it's something that sounds simple is always the seriously most not only complicated, but expensive thing that you can add to a show. And, and it has risk. But yeah. Yeah. You know, I think. Whenever you um, fly the artist, there's risk. Yeah. But I think that uh, we're at a point now with automation technology where that risk is mitigated from a safety standpoint, but it will never be mitigated from a it's a live show and shit's going to happen standpoint. Got it. Okay, Kyle, have you ever had one of those crazy requests? Oh, yeah. I feel like uh, yeah, it kind of just depends on the artists, but yeah, they sometimes can't grasp what it means when they say, can I fly through the air, right? They just don't. <laughs> it should be simple, right? But there is so much involved and we all know that your budget better be, you know, a blank check at the end of the day. At that point, it's like, you got to have so much involved with that. And there's a lot of those small requests that turn into, oh, okay, now I understand when you put it in front of them, because of course you have to show them what it takes and you know, we all know what it takes and what we can do. We can make it happen. We can make anything happen. It's just a matter of reeling it back in and reeling in some of the, some of the expectations, if you will. Um, yeah, <laughs> it happens all the time. So, so I'm going to switch gears here and throw this to Rob. Take me into the future. What will tours look like in the future that might be different that we can't even, or we're, you're just starting to dream about now? Well, I think we're, we're in the midst, you know, we're recording this in July of 2020. And uh, I think we're in the midst of figuring that out, you know, right now. I think there's gonna, technology is going to continue to push, Right. I think that we're going to figure out ways to have augmented reality, extra reality, um, you know, in a weird way, what's old is new again, you know, holograms and those sort of kind of things. But I think people are, are tired of looking at like a bunch of lights and a big LED wall with a bunch of like video game looking motion graphics on it, you know, and it's we've gotten to the point now where even your bar band at Joe's Crab Shack has, you know, time coded snare hits with strobes and everything else. Every little hi-hat 16th note is, is chiseled out with some kind of like flashing led emitter at Joe's Crab Shack. So, <laughs> you know, I think that finding ways to trick the audience, you know, like my favorite thing to do is go to a show and go like, what did I just see? How, how is that even possible? Finding out ways to composite all of these, art forms, the video content, the lighting, the lasers, the pyro, right? Into one kind of cohesive, sweet image. Um, that's really the trick. And sometimes as production designers, we get to be in the driver's seat of all of that. And sometimes we kind of have to play political games and figure out how we, you know, get everything dialed to look pretty cool. So, Butch, is there anything you're excited about in new technologies or, or I, I could say excited about getting back to touring? So, uh, which, but is there anything that is, uh, other than getting back to touring, is there any new technologies that uh, are things that you want to incorporate in future designs? I think where my interests are going right now, other than providing what I'm asked to provide for people, is a 
more traditionally theatrically designed environment rather than a flat stage and a video wall and a bunch of lights all over the place to really try to take this setting and try to tell a story. I think is something that I really haven't seen a lot of in our industry. And uh, so storytelling is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Kyle, between the, the tour design in the future and, um, and the things that you get jazzed about, what, what, what are your thoughts on the future of design and, and where we're going with it? Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I think we're, there's a lot up in the air right now with everything going on. And, and I think we're going to see, it's going to be like a, almost a rehaul and, 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 and we're starting over with, with fresh minds. And obviously I really back what Rob said, I really back what Butch said, I agree with both of them entirely. And I think, you know, I couldn't say it any better. It's, it's getting away from that flat led wall and lights, which has become so simple and easy for everybody. And like you said, a lot more people can obtain those things for smaller budgets these days and, and people are really good at it. And we, you know, I think um, to, to step away from that is going to be like creating a story, creating, bringing um, more. uh, Yeah. It's interesting to just, to just differentiate yourself away from what we're so used to. You know, guys, what I hear from all three of you is some passionate inside you that allows you to come out and put on the best shows that we've ever seen. And combined, you all have probably done hundreds and hundreds of shows. And the people that are listening to this won't realize the, uh, the depth of all the, the different artists that you've touched and how many bands they've gone to arenas or, or sheds to see. And uh, I salute all of you for being consummate professionals and for providing the design for entertainment to make people happy and whether it's the artist or the people that bought a ticket to sit in the audience or whether it's been put on YouTube and uh, I've seen all of your work and in one capacity or another and uh, you should all be proud and uh, I'm happy that you were able to join us today uh, on our podcast and I look forward to many shows in the future and to doing live touring again as soon as possible or even soon before you wrap up there buddy and I don't mean to speak for everybody here but to all, everyone who's seeing this, I miss you all so much. Uh, I miss what we do. And hang tough. We will be back. The quote of the day is, we will be back. Okay. <laughs> anyway, well, guys, thank you again for joining. And this is Les Goldberg and The Road Ahead. <laughs>